0: So we're joined by Professor Jim McManus again, Director of Public Health for Hertfordshire and part of the healthcare reference group for the Bishop's Conference. We are talking COVID-19 as we did last week And to say it's moving extremely fast is an absolute understatement, which is why there's a need for further clarity. Now, yesterday, the 18th of March, the Catholic Church announced that public acts of worship were being suspended, temporarily, I hope, uh, as a sensible response to COVID-19. That is stage three of the guidelines. Jim, tell us exactly and clearly what stage three is.
1: Okay, so... First of all, no public acts of worship, so no public celebration of the Mass, no public inside activities. They're all suspended until further notice. And uh, we advise people not to gather in congregations in large numbers, even to pray inside buildings, because we need to keep social distancing to prevent people uh, picking up the virus. And... I think it's
0: important as well, though, to make clear that our churches aren't closed. That they, they remain open. However, we do need to be sensible. This isn't a public gathering. This is private, personal prayer, the solace of, of being in front of the Blessed Sacrament and so forth. We need to be sensible in church if we are to go to church, don't we?
1: Yes, absolutely. So yesterday I was in London for a meeting with government. I'd been asked to go in. I found my way to Westminster Cathedral, it was open, it was clean, Um, people were staying two metres apart, the Blessed Sacrament was exposed, I needed that time of quiet and prayer. So the importance of keeping our churches open for people to go into and pray and find calm is actually probably even more important now than it would be particularly if public worship isn't going on. Privately, Mass will continue to be celebrated and the rhythm of the liturgy of the hours will continue, but we have to join in that spiritually rather than physically in person. And if we are praying privately in church, stay at least two metres apart from people.
0: And at this point, I should make clear that the likes of the National Shrine up in Walsingham Uh, Many parishes around the country, the priests, although privately celebrating Mass, it will be streamed and we'll make that very clear online through our social media channels and also cbcew.org.uk, our website. Now, Jim, um, I think it'd be useful to do a few do's and don'ts, bearing in mind that there'll be a lot of people at home, certainly a lot of people not going into offices anymore, uh, healthy or or not. Um, So let's do some do's and don'ts. First of all, as a respiratory condition, there's a need for for those that are able and healthy to keep themselves healthy. So exercise outside the house or flat, jogging, that sort of thing, is that permitted?
1: Yes. I mean, there may come a time when tighter restrictions may be brought into bear. We hope we'll avoid that. But for the minute, the chief medical officer recommends strongly that you get exercise. So cycling, walking, jogging... Um, exercising outdoors, as long as you stay two metres away from people, as long as you make sure you don't touch things and then touch your mouth, as long as you make sure you wash your hands. And if you have symptoms, then you self-isolate. And by symptoms, I mean a fever and a cough. Other than that, for the healthy category of people, exercise is actually highly recommended. And those with
0: pets, dog walking, is that allowed?
1: That's fine. You know, we know that dogs aren't a risk. But we also know that actually getting out with the dog is good for your mental health and also um, good for your physical health. Again, don't interact with people closer than those six feet. Um, you know, stay six feet away and don't touch lots of things.
0: And in terms of kids being off school, you know, from the 20th of March, that, that looks likely, obviously. So can they go to the park If there's more than one, if there's a few of them, I have five children, for instance, what would be sensible about them
1: going, let's say, to the park? And the government guidance hasn't been as perhaps clear as it could be on some of this because it hasn't thought it all through. But if it's within a family and you have no symptoms, that's fine. Um, If you have symptoms, then obviously we strongly recommend you stay home. Um, It's not a good idea for families to mix with other families right now because you could pass the virus on. So stay two metres away from one another, you know, don't share balls, that kind of thing. So do everything you can not to give the virus a route, to pass from one person to another by things like ball games, sharing balls. It's unlikely, but it's possible.
0: And obviously the elderly. We talked about that, the elderly and the vulnerable. Um, how will they be catered for? Because I know there's anxiety. I've heard parish groups saying, right, we need to help our most vulnerable. That's good. We like to hear that. Obviously, it's it's only right and correct. Shall we go shopping for them? Shall we do this? Shall we do that? We hear about that one hour before opening time that the elderly might have. But what if you're not able, you know, you're still living at home, but you're not able to get down to the supermarket. Mm. There's an, an obvious anxiety, isn't there, amongst the elderly? How are we looking after them? So there's several
1: things to say. Um, The first is that government is busy trying to set up a a system to sort this. But while they're doing that, let's look at what we can do practically to fill the gaps in. So if you can identify working with other faith communities and groups, people who can do bits of shopping for older people, Um, if you can perhaps work with food banks to make sure food parcels get to older people or vulnerable people who can't get out, That is a good and fine thing to be doing, especially provided you take the social distance, perhaps do a non-contact delivery where you're not touching people and staying away, and you're using good hygiene. There are people who can't get to the shops right now. My mum is 81 um, and lives in Scotland. I've got neighbours doing her shopping because you can't get an online delivery for love nor money. So uh, what you can do at the minute, do until the national system is set up. Couple more important points to make. First, government is going to start a national volunteering website which will channel through to local authorities. The announcement about that we expect will come fairly soon. You know, talk to your local Council for Voluntary Service or your local volunteer bureau or your local food bank about volunteering if you can do something. Local authorities will be looking for volunteers to help these people. The third thing is What we know is that government has been very clear that there are a group of about 1.4 million people who are at really high risk if they get the virus of being very, very seriously ill. And that's people like people with cancer who are getting chemotherapy and radiotherapy right now, people with very severe chest conditions. We know that there is a plan in government, we don't know the details of it, to make sure that they get essential supplies. I think it's probably certain that they will need volunteers to help out with this. So keep an eye on the government announcements because if government calls for volunteers as faith communities, we need to be first. We need to be in there rolling up our sleeves and putting our our love where our, our, our hands are and getting in there.
0: Jim, you talked about two pandemics when we first spoke. In the very first question. There's COVID nineteen and there's fear and anxiety. Now that, if anything, has ramped up. You know, people are worried about military on the streets, they're worried about food shortages and all this. This this isn't a wartime thing, is it? And it's been looked at like that a bit. And those anxieties are there. What would you say to people that are thinking, crikey, I'm gonna spend the next four to twelve weeks at home? I'm anxious, how will I cope? What would you say to them?
1: So I'd say the first thing is breathe. We will get through this. What we know is that government and every local authority in the country are absolutely determined we'll get through this, as are all the faith groups. And if we all pull together, we will come out of the end of this. We will be changed. It is a new reality, but we will come through this. So that's the first thing. The second thing is get organised. So if you need to radically change your pattern so that you are self-isolating... How are you going to cope with that? How are you going to plan to to self-isolate? What purpose are you going to do? So if you've got time where you're working from home, that's great. If you're not working from home, what project can you take up that actually might help? You know, personally, I've got um, several sets of books dusted off ready in case I need to self-isolate, although I will be working doing this job for as long as I possibly can. Secondly, there is the issue about just plan your shopping, don't go and bulk buy. We're now getting people saying they've bulk bought so much that they need to give some of it away because they can't store it and it's going off. We have a shortage of baby milk formula from some poorer mums because actually people have selfishly bought it all up. So we've got children going hungry because people have selfishly bought that up, here, now, in Britain. That's shocking. We actually, I think, need to exert a check on each other's behaviour. So we should be checking one another's behaviour, both about social distancing and about um, making sure that we don't buy more than we need. And I guess the final thing I'd say is, what can we do to bolster morale? So can we start, I mean, people are starting virtual choirs, virtual reading groups, social media. Can we write to people who are isolated? Can we ring and phone them? What can we do to reach out to other people? There are lots of stuff we do. Italy's getting through it. France is getting through it. China got through it. We can do it too. Social
0: distancing. Now, what can we do within those guidelines? It seems quite tight, but at the same time we need to live and continue living, don't we?
1: Yes. So at the minute, I mean, things may change and watch the government's website, but you can go out and do your shopping. Just stay away from people. We have to bear in mind that there are many people who can't work from home and actually if we are all social distancing we protect those who can't work from home so the checkout person, well they can't work from home when you're buying your groceries but if you keep your distance and do you good hygiene you protect them and that's important, that's crucial so the first rule of social distancing is how do I protect others while protecting myself. So stay two metres away, wash your hands. You might get a wee bit closer at the checkout while you're paying, but that will be momentarily. Do those things that you can. Secondly, you can go out for a walk. Thirdly, you can jog. We don't want people spending massive amounts of time in bars, pubs and clubs, socialising. We don't want people in cramped environments in meetings, working together. So try that distancing. But other than that, if you take the principle of, I need to do what I need to do in order to, stop, in order to be able to live, but I will take every precaution to stop the virus getting to me, and I'll take every precaution, and I'm going to assume I've got it, to stop the virus getting to somebody else, then that's all right. But not crowded tube trains, not you know crowded buses, not masses of people in pubs, that kind of thing is the thing we shouldn't be doing.
0: Now, I've I read your blog, actually, and it was very interesting, I thought, because there is that, if you like, quarantine or self-isolating fatigue, isn't there? So if we're all now to be responsible, to follow the rules, in three, four, five, six weeks' time, it's going to be hard for people, even if they are in tip-top mental health and have, have done their bit, as it were. At that time, how are we going to protect from that isolation fatigue?
1: Well, I've been there because when I had cancer, I had to self-isolate four times. Um, Because at each end end of each um, cycle of chemotherapy, your immune system is basically pretty non-existent, actually. And you're at risk of picking up all sorts of things. And on one occasion, I got pneumonia. Um, On another occasion, I did abscond from the hospital and go to Westminster Cathedral. Came back again, very carefully, didn't touch anybody and was lucky. But I shouldn't have done that, but I really felt the need to go to Mass. But I admit, you know, fess up, I shouldn't have done that. And what I learned from that was you need to have a purpose. You need to have a plan. You need to find different things that will distract you. What can you do to exercise in the house? There's lots of websites where you can go to get home workouts and home exercise things and that kind of thing. If you've got a garden, you could garden in the back. You you know, there's no rule against that. So there are lots of things you can do. But perhaps the single biggest thing is the motivation to understand that you're doing this as an act of love and charity for others. And I think that's what makes the difference here. You're doing this as a means of... If you are isolating so you don't get ill, as I was, it's doing it so you don't create added burden on the health service so people who really need it can get the health service they need.
0: So a key message is that if I'm sick and I've been isolated for four weeks and I'm going out of my mind, I really want to go out, well, you are doing something for many, many, many other people in, in containing the spread of this, this virus.
1: Yes, and the the beauty of the Catholic tradition is that suffering is not meaningless giving things up for others is not meaningless it has value it has purpose and actually going back to that understanding that things like this have value purpose and meaning well it kept me going
0: and of course online these days the the one you know people can decry social media and the always on digital world and what it's doing to our young people and so forth but there's a flip side isn't there you, we may not be able to go into churches but cameras are in churches. And I have to say the general feeling online, particularly on social media, is a positive one. It's a, right, we will come together on this. And maybe some of those, you know, factions and groups that were arguing about other stuff have just put that to one side for a while. So the the attitude seems to be one of community. It seems to be one of good spirit, seems to be one actually for us of putting Christ at the centre and maybe refocusing a bit on that, as the Cardinal spoke to us just the other day. So we, we must actually realise that this could make us, couldn't it? It could build us, it could make us a better, stronger community when we come out the other end.
1: Yes, this, this is our moment to rise to what Christ called us to do, which is minister to human flourishing and human needs and human vulnerability. This is our calling. Um, and I think at the minute the Cardinal has absolutely come into his own with his national leadership on this, Uh, uh, and we see the calls of Pope Francis to care for people. So put aside the kind of petty squabbling about things that don't matter to people outside churches and they don't understand, and focus on how we get through this. And actually, I don't know about anybody else, but the fact that there are communities of religious up and down the country praying the the rosary, praying the liturgy of the hours. As someone who's a, a secular Carmelite, I know that there are convents of Carmelite sisters in closed contemplative communities praying for us right now. That makes a difference. We can unite with them and we can get through this.
0: I for one Jim, I'm glad you're a senior leader in public health. I'm glad that you have a voice in this, it's very important. I know you're going to cop some criticism left, right and centre, you know everyone thinks there's a better way and not everyone understands exactly the terrain I would say as well. But if you could sum it all up in a clear and concise final message to those watching who are anxious, who are worried about prolonged periods of self-isolation, what would you say
1: to them? Other people get through it. Don't lose heart. We can do this. We just have to be very organised and find that spirit of resilience and determination. We are not alone. It's not an exact science, so the guidance will change. Try and stay calm in the midst of that and follow that guidance because it is what the best scientific minds are doing for the best guidance for you. And we will meet again on the end of this and we will celebrate. Jim, thanks very much. Pleasure.